thought Joe would like that little rare at the end. Hey, uh, good morning, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed this morning so far. I, and I, I said last week, and it's been expressed this morning, I believe this is a year full of things that have not yet been for us. Um, I believe God has some big things for us, but my hope this morning is that you leave here today encouraged, built up, and stirred up, and ready to face whatever circumstances face us in this coming season. Because whenever you go to take your next step, the enemy always wants to hinder that. You with me? Like he wants to put walls up. He wants to put barriers up. And as we're going to look at today, our call, our warfare is our shout or our worship. You're one year closer to the next thing, right? But you're also one year farther away from where you used to be. You with me? And that's something to shout about. Here's the thing. We may be in a new year with the, in a world full of the same heresies and even new heresies, but here's the good news about this new year is that you still serve the same God. Like, he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And what he wanted for you yesterday, he still wants for you today. And, it's gonna, and listen, and what he wants for you is so much better than you can ever dream. Like, imagine the craziest thing that maybe God wants for you. And guess what? It's crazier. You with me? Like, God wants so much more for you. This God that we worship today who has the same power, he's got the same power to save, the same authority to heal, and the same anointing to deliver. The world may have gotten some new heresies, but the gospel still declares the same truth, that there is healing and re- in, in a life that can be redeemed. You may have new addictions, but where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and liberty for those who are in captivity. And although the devil roams around looking for whom he can devour, the Bible says, we have a God who not only protects, but gives us a weapon of warfare, which is our shout, our worship. You know, as I read last week from our friend Paul in 2 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians, Paul wrote to us this, he said, For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage military campaigns employing human weapons using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with the divine power or the Holy Spirit to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. All right? We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow down in obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, not that dynamic weaponry is our worship, our shout. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. True obedience. We stand ready and willing to wage war and defeat the enemy's hold on us, our families, and our community. So I don't know if you've paid attention to the news lately. Or maybe you've seen it at your workplace. Or maybe you just noticed it. This, this world, is darkness has a hold of this world. Like, I started watching a show last night with, with, uh, with Jax. And, and, and it's crazy the things that even kids' shows now promote. You with me? Like alternative lifestyles, alternatives, alternatives to the way God designed things to work. And I'm sitting here going, man, do we have a war to fight. But we are not alone in this war. Now, our war may look a little different than what we're used to. Like even in today's story, the, the war plan was crazy. Like, you're crazy for telling us this, Joshua. But we are, we are in a world where we have to wage war against darkness because our, our war is not against flesh and blood. It's not against each other. We are not enemies. Even if you believe different than me, we are not enemies. 
But what I will fight for is your soul and the souls of those people who I come in contact with because there is darkness prevalent in our world. I really believe for us this is a year full of things that have never been for our church and for you. But it begins by opening our mouths. It begins by opening our mouths and speaking into, shouting into the things that hold captive what Christ has for us. All right? Can I show you what I mean? Is that cool? All right. This is very important. Stay with me. When God wants something, he does not speak to the thing he wants. Have you noticed that in Scripture? He does not speak to the thing he wants. He speaks to the thing that holds it and commands the thing that it holds to let it go. All right, here's the deal. God never said, let there be grass, let there be berry trees, let there be trees, like whatever. All right? What he said was he spoke into the earth and said, let the earth bring forth its seed. He spoke to the thing that held. Like in, in the, he said, let the earth bring forth its seed. In other words, all of those vegetables and fruits were in the potential of the earth. You with me? You tracking with me? All right. Tracking, tracking, stay tracking with me. All right. He told the earth to let, it, let go of what was already in it. God did not speak to, what he, speak to what he wanted. He spoke to what held it and told it to let it go. God did not say, let there be striper, and let there be bass and catfish. He didn't say any of that. He said, let the waters bring forth, and there was sea creatures already in the potential of the waters. Tracking? All right. I'm glad you're tracking, Joe. Let go of what's already in it. And when he spoke to the waters, it gave up its potential. And then all the sea creatures began to live. All right? And I wonder sometimes, I wonder if, we, if we've been speaking, if we've been shouting at the wrong thing. We've been using our worship in a wrong way. We shout because, we, we shout because he's spoken to what held us captive. And now with that same power, we speak or we shout into the things that's holding what Christ says is ours. Here's the point. Your shout, okay? I must have skipped, skipped some stuff, and it's okay. I did. It's fine. I'll, I'm going to go ahead. Your shout is a worship and a war cry. So before I get into today's, I want to go back and read Ephesians. And because my words today, I want to echo what Paul says in, Ephes- in Ephesians 6, 10, 13, when it says, Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important things for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through our life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the forces of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against evil strategy of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realm. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and even in evil spirits and that, that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor of God, that God provides so that you're, you, you are protected as you, comf- as you confront the slanderer for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. You are destined for the battle against the enemy in your own life and the life of those around you. And our main offensive weapon because everything else, it the armor of God there, right? The only offensive weapon we have is our shout. That's the only offensive weapon. The word of God in our shout, our praise, our worship. Now, the story we're going to look at today, you have to understand that Joshua was given leadership 
Joshua was given leadership over the people of Israel after like the, the world's worst 40-year camping trip. Okay? I don't know if you know much about the story, but God had promised them, a, promised them this promised land, and when they sent the spies in, a couple of spies came back and said, no, there's giants, and he's like, we look like grasshoppers in their sight, like we don't need to go in, and it was only a couple of them that said, no, we got this, we got this, but Moses and Aaron and all them listened to the ones that were negative, right? So they get off this 40-year camping trip where folks who complained more than you could ever imagine to such a degree that Moses, Aaron, and an entire generation is kept out of the promised land because of their dialogue against God. You with me? How many of us, we know what God's called us to, but we, we negatively we say, we can't do that. I'm not, I'm not equipped for that. And I'm going to tell you right now, he, call, he equips those he calls. So if he's called you to do something, guess what? He will equip you. Like, listen, the only reason I'm not stuttering more than what I am right now is because it's him doing it, not me, Okay. Because I get, I'm, like, if you see my inside right now, I'm like this. You with me? He kept a whole generation out because of their dialogue against God. So God places the anointing on Joshua, uh, Joshua with the lead. With, um, with the lead. He, he takes a new generation out of the wilderness, out of this 40-year camping trip, and into, a pro, into the promised land. And walking into the promised land, the first thing that, he, that they find is a fortified city. And if you grew up in church, you grew up in Sunday school, you know this story. All right, so... The mistake that we make sometimes when, we, when we're so familiar with the story, especially here in the Bible Belt, all right, is we, look, we, don't, we, we don't pay attention to it anymore because we think we've gotten everything out of it that we, want, that we need to get out of it. So I want you to erase everything you know about the story that we're about to read. We're going to start fresh. You with me? All right. So they find themselves at a fortified city that must fall in order for God's people to receive what God says is theirs. Now, I want you to notice how Joshua 6 starts. Joshua 6 starts like this. It says, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. Israelites being God's chosen people. Right? No one was allowed to go in or out. Right? So the city is shut up. Jericho secured their gates. They barred them. Nobody could go out and nobody could get in. And in, in our context today, um, there's a couple things we need to make sure. Like, in... Um, I heard this one pastor say it like this. When a city operates in fear, it ceases to be a place of freedom and innovation. You with me? Now, here's the deal. When a church operates in fear, it hangs on to what is instead of pursuing what's next. You with me? Like, I, I'm honest. Like, I'm, I believe this is the year of things that have, have never been for us. But if we keep going as in, in the things that, uh, that, are, that are currently, we'll never get to the next place that God wants us. You with me? You tracking with me? When a church operates in fear, it hangs on to what, what, what is instead of pursuing what's next. And when Christians operate in fear, their lives become small, their faith becomes empty, and their vision ceases to exist. But we don't operate in fear. We don't operate in fear. In fact, in fact Paul wrote to Timothy, he says this, For God, for God gave us a, a, a spirit not of fear, but of power. So if you're walking in fear, you are not walking in the way that God wants you to walk. Like you do realize that the creator and sustainer of the universe is your daddy. You with me? Like if my kids come up to me and ask me for something, if I, if I have the power to do it, guess what I'm doing? I'm doing it. I'm getting it. Now Zane may differ because he made a complaint yesterday about his Xbox messing up and I never actually fix it. 
You with me? Even though I walk him through the steps like a good father does to fix it. You with me? It's kind of changing the tire. I'm not going to change your tire for you when you get your license. I'm going to stand there and let you change it and talk you through it. You with me? But if I have it, I'm going to give it. And if I'm, if I'm that way, just imagine how our Father in heaven is. Where he owns the, the cattle on a thousand hills. He has it. He's going to give it to you. For God gave, God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power. Are you walking in power? Are you walking in power? See, when we operate out of fear, it makes us worship a small God, and my God's not small. When we, and, and we lose power. We lose our shout, our praise, our worship, and our lives become small. The reason maybe you don't feel or you, can't, you find it hard to express because I don't want you to think that worship is just a feeling because it's not. But there is some emotion to it. You with me? There is some emotion to it. And a lot of that emotion is, hey, listen, I know it's a struggle and I'm going to do it anyways even though I'm struggling right now. You with me? It's a fight against the flesh. But we oftentimes, when we, when we, when we, we stop walking in the power and we walk in fear, maybe it's the fear of what we may look like if we do what God's actually calling us to do. And I'm telling you, be afraid and do it anyway because you'll be better off for it. Who cares what Job over here said? Job Lowe over here. What does God say? And if, if I, my life, I want it to be a pleasing aroma to God. We operate out of fear. It makes us worship a small God, and my God's not small. And we lose our power. We lose our shout, our praise, our worship, and our lives become small. But when we walk in boldness because we see how big and how great our God is, we can see that, it, that, it, that he is faithful to his promise. Has he ever let you down? He ever let you down. If he says it's ours, he won't fail in giving us all that he said he would. If he says the city's yours, it's yours. If he says that building's yours, it's yours. If he says this is yours, it's yours. We will, we will walk like Joshua. We will be a church that walks like Joshua with boldness. Especially when he was told this in Joshua 6. This is why Joshua was so bold. He said, Joshua 6-2, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho. But it's fortified and the doors are, are locked. Like there's no way in. The walls are so tall. And in some places they were 25 foot thick. Like how are we going to conquer this city? The Lord said, I, it don't matter. I've given it to you already. When the, worst thing, when the thing seems like it's the farthest away, he says, I'm giving it to you. I've given you Jericho, its kings and all its strong warriors. All its strong warriors. See, I find it interesting, interesting what God tells Joshua here. Jericho has already been delivered even though the battle has yet to begin. In the moment, Joshua is simply being invited to catch up with where God already is. Are we tracking? It's already been delivered. It's already been done. The victory has already been established because when the battle belongs to the Lord, you can't lose because it's not your reputation on the line. It's his. And he, his reputation stands strong. What if I fail? No, 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 no. What, 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 what will I look like if I fail? It's not your reputation that's on the line. It's his. And he never fails his own reputation. It's already been delivered. It's already been done. Whatever you're facing in your life, whatever that thing is that God said is, is yours, that he's telling you to chase after, he says it's yours, it's yours. Just take the step. Just take the step toward it. What if I, no, it doesn't matter if you fall on your face. 
he will be there to pick you up. Just like Peter stepping out of the boat, had his eyes on Jesus, took that first step, which is more than any of us will probably end up probably do in lifetime, right? And he starts to sink, and, he, and Jesus is there just to pick him right back up and says, you've got to keep on walking. You with me? Keep your eyes on me. It's already been delivered. It's already been done. The victory has already been established because the battle belongs to the Lord. You can't lose because it's not your reputation on the line. It's his. Your miracle has already been delivered. Your victory has already been delivered. Your breakthrough has already been delivered. See, when a miracle happens, it's not God catching up with where we are. It's us catching up with where he is. Jesus, God is outside of time, right? The cross, when he was hanging on the cross, was not just a day back then he was, but he was here today and he'll be there tomorrow. That's why I love the idea that our salvation is kept in him and him alone. Because he knew how screwed up we would be and he still chose to make a way. You with me? When a miracle happens, it's not God catching up with us where we, where we are. It's us catching up with where he is. Now, with any promise, with any miracle, we have to contribute, right? Here's what I understand. Jesus told the man with the withered hand. What did he say to him? Stretch out your hand. The man had to stretch out his hand for his miracle, right? When that paraplegic was lowered out of the, out of the, out of, uh, down to the ceiling, right? After Jesus says you're healed, what did he tell him to do? Pick up your mat and walk. I mean, you mean to pick this mat up, the one I've been laying on for years, like I don't even know if I can walk. Uh, Jesus said, now you have to stand and walk out. Stretch out your hand. Man born blind, what did he tell him to do? After he spit on the ground and rubbed mud on his eyes. Like I would have done it anyway, because it's gross. You with me? He told him, now go wash. Go wash in the pool. And he, was, he could see. I wonder this morning how much destiny, how much destiny in our life goes undeveloped because we, because you were expecting the finished product. Because you were expecting the finished product when God was only giving you an invitation to start walking. You with me? Maybe the next step for you is just to start walking, to start speaking into, start shouting into the thing that's holding what you, what God has for you captive. Because with with any promise, there is a divine responsibility and a human responsibility. And it may be as simply as just believing, or it may be, hey, you need to go walk around that building four times, six times, seven times. You need to go walk around your husband or your wife a couple times. They may think you're crazy. Walk around and pray. Go over and lay hands on your kids. Whatever, whatever, that, whatever it is, God may just, be, it may just be an invitation for you to take that step. So I wonder how much of our destiny is because we forgot that we have a little bit of responsibility. But he goes on, this is the responsibility that he gave the children of Israel when they came upon Jericho. He says this, For the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its kings and odd strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn or a trumpet. Some translations say. On the seventh day, you are, are to march around town seven times. So first six days, you're going to walk around one time. And on the seventh day, you're going to walk around seven times. That's 25 square miles, I believe it was. A lot of walking. With a priest blowing the horns. When you hear the priest, priest give one long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can, then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. So Joshua called together the priests and said, 
And I want you to imagine, here they come upon this fortified city. Uh, like They've all been part of other, uh, other cities where the war plan has been charged on with swords and spears. Are you with me? Now imagine you being a fighting man in the army, and this is what your leader says for you to do. Take up the ark of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he, then he gave orders to the people, march around the town and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. Where's the battle plan? You just want us to march around the city a couple times? Well, this will be easy. But it's awkward. I don't think we're going to get in, but it's going to be easy. Now, this is an awkward battle plan. Let's be honest, okay? I can scream all day long. I can shout. Nothing anointed about that. Like I could blow, there's nothing anointed about the horn, about the, the ram's horn. There's, like, there's nothing inherently anointed about horns or shouting. Like, hey, Anthony, come here real quick. Come here real quick. I have Anthony. Like, there is... I'm going to move this so you can see him. And there's nothing like, I can pick up my guitar and I can, I can play it, but that's just wood and strings. You tracking with me? And there's, not, like, there's nothing anointed about that. Like, Anthony's guitar. I mean, it's the same thing. It's wood, some strings, and he has a couple electrical components more in his, right? Now, Anthony... Um, Play me, play me, play a little, little something. See, here's the thing, like, that was beautiful, right? But it didn't really have any power to it, did it? It wasn't anything inherently, like, make you want to, like, punch the enemy in the face, right? But like, when I and when people, in the, when the people of Israel, when, or any of us, we, when we walk in obedience, and we walk in our power, and we walk in our shout, like no matter how awkward, or how, how, or how uncomfortable we are, out of our comfort zone, because I'm sure Anthony's not comfortable right now, standing up there behind me. You all right? All right, good. I'm glad you're okay. Like, when we step out of our comfort zone, it makes us become, when we walk in obedience, we, we, we we receive power. Power to shout into the things that we want to because everything that has power has a great sound. You with me? You with me? So, Anthony, now what I want you to do, I want you to play the same thing. But this time, I want you to play, like, I'm going to be honest with you, I think Anthony is the best guitar player I've ever heard in my, in my life. Like, I think he can go play with anybody. Right? He, he sometimes says, you're crazy to me. But here's, here's, here's the thing, like, some of us, we listen to the enemy so much. When the enemy goes, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never do anything. You'll never be anything. You'll never, like, who do you think you are? Do you know your past? And you have a heavenly father that says, man, if you would just step out, you have some power working in you. Like, if you, if we just, if you just walk in obedience and trust what I say, Anthony, I want you to trust what I say. You are the best guitar player I've ever heard in my life. And that empowers us. You with me? And then when we walk in power, this is what it could sound like. When we believe what the Father speaks over us, 
it gives us power. It, our power has a great sound. And Anthony's going to have to stay up here the rest of the time because I'll be done here in a second. So don't make any funny faces back there. But everything that has great power has a great sound, has a great shout. And when the psalmist in Psalms 22, the psalmist in Psalms 22 says that, that the power of God inhabits the praise or the shout of his people. There is power in your worship. There is power in your shout. Because the anointing isn't the object. The anointing is not the guitar. The anointing is the person. The anointing isn't on the object. It's in the person. The horn and their, and their shout is their, is their worship. And it's, it, it's them speaking into the thing that, 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 that's holding what Christ says is theirs. Now watch what happens. After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horn started marching in the presence of the Lord. Amazing how here we want to be a place of presence, a house of encounter. After Jesus spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horn started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched. And the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. Some of the armed men marched in front of the, of the priests and with the, horns and some, with, the, with the horns and some behind the ark and with the priests continually blowing the horn. Do not shout, do not even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word uh, from any of you until I tell you to shout and then shout then worship, then praise. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once, once that day, and then everyone returned to spend the night in the camp. Joshua got up the next morning, and the priests again carried the ark of the Lord. The seven priests with the ram's horns marched in front of the ark of the Lord, blowing their horns. Again, the armed men marched both in front of the, pri in front of the priests and the horns and behind the ark of the Lord. All this time, the priests were blowing their horns, continual walk and worship. On the second day, they again marched around the town once and returned to camp. They followed the pattern for six days. But on the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. But this time, they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long, the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the town. Can you imagine being there? The word shout comes from the Hebrew word teruah which means shout for joy, shout as an expression of our worship, and a war cry. Your shout is your weapon in war cry. Watch what happens. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the, and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. There is something that happens when righteous people shout. There's something that happens when righteous people, when righteous people begin to worship. There's something that happens when we get out of our comfort zone and we say, you know what, I don't care what it looks like, I don't care what it is, I'm going to worship. It, it's a shockwave to the spiritual realm. The shout broke down the walls that held their God-given promise. Interesting enough, in recent archaeological digs around Jericho, In recent archaeological digs around Jericho, they have found that the walls didn't crumble. They didn't just disappear, but they fell into the city, creating a ramp into the middle of the city. You with me? So just imagine the walls creating a ramp into the city. Our praise and our shout and our worship, the very walls that hold captive our promises, will be the ramp into our breakthrough. 
the very barriers that you thought were gone, that you thought were there, now become the very thing in which you can stand upon. Breakthrough may be on the other side of our shout. Like the people of Israel, let's be obedient. So be obedient because we know we can take, take him at his word. We may be facing things that seem impenetrable. We may be facing a wall. Like maybe there's something in your mind now like, God, I wish you would just take care of this. And maybe, and maybe he's already there and it's taken care of. All we have to do is shout. All we have to do is worship. Maybe the only thing we have to do is speak into where he already is and say, let it go, it's mine. And he is faithful to deliver. He won't fail you. Now, I'm not saying you might not get some things wrong, but he is faithful to, to, to give what he says is good. And like I said last week, I believe this is going to be a year for things that have yet been done here. Because, uh, like some of y'all, you're going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to give signs, you're going to cast out demons, you're going to restore marriages, your addictions are going to be broken. Healing's going to happen. Maybe we need some healing inside of me that needs to happen. Maybe some healing inside of you that needs to happen. But whatever the case, no matter what we face, no matter wall, what wall is in front of us, it tell, this tells us that if I open my mouth with a shout of praise to my God, it tells me that what opposed us will be the very stepping stone to the next thing that God has for us. So let's shout. Let's live a life of worship. Let's rattle the realm of heaven. Let's do everything short of sin to, for people to see the power and the majesty of who Jesus really is. That if he can redeem someone like me, he can redeem someone like you or them. Yeah, we may not look pretty. We may not act pretty. We may not be all together. But here's the great news. That's really just a great picture of who God is. And no matter who we are, he says, you have the power to rock the darkness with your shout, with your praise. This is my shout. And whenever I open my mouth, what comes out of my mouth will glorify God. Whatever comes out of my mouth will be an, a, an outcry of praise. Even if it's a, a, the, the most awkward of moments. That every word that I speak, every action that I take is going to be an act of worship. One that rattles hell. It shakes the very foundation of darkness. Because I'm tired of my friends, my family, my co-workers dying and going to hell. If he is faithful to save me, he'll be faithful to save you. Let's use our shout. Let's figure out over the next couple weeks what our shout is. It may not be a shout. Like, it may not be a physical shout, but what it may be. Either way, it's you stepping out of your comfort zone. May not be dancing in the middle of the aisle, but it may be raising your hands at your feet. It may not be a personal Bible study, but it might be you sitting down with your kids and your family doing a Bible study a couple times a week. And we're going to have some resources here in a couple weeks to help with that. I told you this year's going to be different. This year's going to be different. We're going to be intentional with encountering God, not just on Sunday. But on Monday through Saturday. 
Amen. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for being God that never fails. 